Spirit Encounters. In today's teaching, we want to have a look at one last aspect with regards to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we said is in fact the second encounter that believers have with the person of the Holy Spirit. And the topic we want to discuss today is the topic of being sealed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's really it's the Apostle Paul that introduces us to this particular concept in his writings. He refers to it on more than one occasion, but we'll have a look at just uh, the one passage of Scripture and then we'll expound on it from there. And so the passage we'll look at today is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Um, the Apostle Paul writing, he says, In him you also trusted, speaking of our Lord Jesus, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And so we can see here uh, very clearly that um, the Apostle Paul teaches us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance uh, until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's just speaking about when our, we will receive our resurrected bodies, when our Lord returns. And so the, the terminology of being sealed by the Holy Spirit and uh, receiving the guarantee of the Holy Spirit is referring to the same event. For he says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our, of our inheritance. So it's at that particular uh, uh, event that takes place that the saint is sealed by the Holy Spirit and also then receives the Holy Spirit as their guarantee of their inheritance. So the question then is uh, asked, well, okay, when is the saint sealed and when do they receive the guarantee of their inheritance? Is it when the saint is born again or is it when the saint is baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit? And so the Apostle Paul actually does uh, point us to the answer to that question in this passage of Scripture. For he talks about the fact that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So what is the Holy Spirit of promise? Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 33, and again there are more than just this one Scripture we're going to look at now uh, that talk about the Holy Spirit of promise, but we'll just um, pick up on this one passage. Acts 2.33 says, Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, speaking of our Lord Jesus, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. And so very clearly in Scripture, the promise of the Holy Spirit is always referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so it is only those who have in, uh, believers, or only those believers who have had this second encounter with the Holy Spirit, who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, who in fact have then been sealed with the Holy Spirit and have received the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of their inheritance. Saints who have been born again do have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them. We said that right at the outset of this series. Nevertheless, they have not yet been sealed by the Holy Spirit and they have not yet received Him as the guarantee of their inheritance. It's available to them, but they haven't yet partaken of it. And so what is the implication 
are believers who have not yet been sealed and believers who have been sealed through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, again, we can go to Scripture to um, get an idea as to what um, the implications are from a spiritual point of view for saints who are in uh, both camps. So you get the saints who have not yet been sealed and you get the saints who have been sealed. And so we wanted to know from Scripture, well, what's the implication between the two uh, groupings of saints? Romans chapter 4, verse 3 to 11. And Scripture says, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised that he might be the father of all who, those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And so we see that um, what this passage of Scripture is um, teaching us is that even though um, Abraham um, was deemed righteous by God by faith, for it was as, as a result of him believing God that God accounted it to him for righteousness. It was a subsequent to that uh, event of Abraham believing God that God gave him the seal, the sign of circumcision to um, reinforce the fact that he now belonged to God. So it was a, a sign to Abraham and to everybody else um, and it was the seal of the righteousness that Abraham already enjoyed when he first believed God. And so that's kind of pointing us to now what transpires with regards to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the, Abraham received the sign of circumcision subsequent to his believing and thus being accounted uh, righteous before God. For, for God uh, at that point considered Abraham to be righteous. Subsequent to that, he then receives the sign or the seal of circumcision. That's what the scripture refers to a seal of the righteousness that he already had. And so we, we can kind of from that uh, Old Testament type bring it across now into the New Testament and explain how the baptism of the Holy Spirit is also a sign and a seal of the righteousness that we already have in Christ when we are born again. And so we can pick it up in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 21 and 22. The scripture says, so don't forget that when Abraham received the sign of circumcision, it was an outward sign to everybody, including himself, that he now belonged to God. That was the seal of righteousness that he received from God. So he was already declared righteous before God when he believed, but God gave him the sign of circumcision as the seal of the righteousness that he had already received. And so that kind of explains to us how the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, covers the same point. So the scripture we look at in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, 22 says, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers, but prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. And so in a similar manner to the way that 
God gave Abraham the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he already enjoyed. So it is that God gives the baptism of the Holy Spirit to his saints as a sign, because tongues are the sign. Because don't forget, we've already mentioned very clearly that tongues is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the only evidence that the Jews would accept. And so that is the sign, and the scripture we just read now tells us that tongues is a sign. And so tongues, as a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is a sign and a seal of the righteousness that we already have in Christ Jesus when we are born again. And so that's the purpose. One of the purposes, not the only one obviously, but one of the purposes that the Apostle Paul reveals to us in Scripture as to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It, uh, he becomes for us a sign of the seal of the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus that we already received when we were born again. Now, there is this other aspect, obviously, which is the guarantee, for He's also given to us the Holy Spirit when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because don't forget, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is a tangible evidence. It is not something that we uh, believe by faith. It is something that is visible to all, even unbelievers, for tongues are assigned to unbelievers. And so, just as circumcision was assigned to everybody, including Abraham, about the seal of righteousness that he received from God. Um, so it is that tongues are assigned and a guarantee of our inheritance. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit produces tongues. And so it is tongues through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance that we have um, laid up in, in heaven for us. And so... That's really what the concept of a guarantee is all about, because a guarantee um, often takes the form of a signed document that somebody has in their possession. And that signed document is tangible evidence of the promised outcome that the guarantee has promised to the person who has that guarantee. And so uh, when somebody's got a, a guarantee, a written guarantee, and they want to, they, they are then assured that because they have this written guarantee that the promised outcome that was promised to them by whoever um, will take place because they've got this written guarantee. They can go and they can produce it and everybody acknowledges, a court of law acknowledges that guarantee is in fact valid. And so that's what God does with the saints who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He gives them the baptism of the Holy Spirit the sign of tongues as a guarantee of the inheritance that they have in Christ Jesus. And so people say, okay, but Paul said, well, tongues would cease. And that's correct, tongues will cease. But tongues will only cease when the perfect has come. And so as long as I um, have the guarantee, I do not have the fulfillment of that guarantee. But when I need to have the fulfillment of the guarantee, the guarantee falls away because now I have the fulfillment of the guarantee. And so when the perfect comes, well then tongues will be done away with. But until such a time as the perfect comes, will tongues remain in place as our, our sign and as our seal of the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And again, this also just points to the point, the fact that I, the point that I made earlier in this series, and that is that believers who have uh, been born again and had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them, but have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking other tongues, they only have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of them uh, by faith. They have no tangible evidence that in fact they uh, have the Holy Spirit. Whereas saints who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues have evidence, physical evidence, that they have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them. And so that is why it is given to us, the sign of tongues is given to us as a guarantee of our inheritance that we are to partake of. And so it's a, it's a further uh, assurance that is given to believers. And so obviously believers who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and have received the guarantee of the Holy Spirit of promise are in a, a much have a much surer, not foundation, but a, a surer place in their, their walk with the, with the Lord because not only do they have the witness on the inside of them, but they also have this tangible evidence. Every time they speak in other tongues, it is tangible evidence to them it, that their guarantee is guaranteed, that their inheritance is intact and they will receive their inheritance from the Lord. And it is a sign, obviously, that they have been sealed by God. Now, what is interesting to note, because as I say, uh, people debate this. They say, well, you know, all, all believers have been sealed uh, with the Holy Spirit and that guarantee has been given to them when, at the new birth. But that's not the case at all. Paul definitely taught around the baptism of the Holy Spirit as being the seal and also the guarantee given. And so if we go back and we can look at the oldest Christian denomination in the earth today, which is the Roman Catholic Church. Um, it is very interesting to note that they have a practice in their um, uh, belief system they call confirmation. Now, I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning the, the practices of the Roman Catholic Church at all. What I'm doing is, is I'm going to just take us to what they term as confirmation and go back in, in time and see where it actually came from. And we'll see that it actually does center around the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so their catechism uh, of confirmation for the Catholic Church states this. This is what they state when an individual is confirmed in their denomination. Um, and it's, the confirmation always takes place when a person has reached a certain point in their, their walk in the Roman Catholic faith. I'm not going to get into that in any kind of depth. But there's the... the, the the confirmation statement says, this is what they state and they say over the person who is being confirmed at the time. It says, recall then that you have received, <laughs> recall then that you have received the spiritual seal, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and courage the spirit of right judgment and courage, the spirit of knowledge and reverence, the spirit of holy fear in God's presence. God, what you have received, God our Father has marked you with his sign. Christ the Lord has confirmed you and placed his pledge or guarantee, the spirit in your heart. 
And so you can see very clearly that this um, practice with, within the Roman Catholic Church, faith, whatever you want to call it, um, is very centered around having this seal taking place, the sign and the guarantee. All three concepts in this um, practice that they have, that which they call confirmation. Now, where the Roman Catholic Church draws this um, practice out of Scripture from, they base this practice on this particular Scripture, which is in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. What is that talking about? If you go back, we've discussed it already. It is when Peter and John went down to the city of Samaria and they laid hands on the saints who had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit so that they could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we said that was a subsequent experience. It was very clearly that's the reason that Peter and John went down to the city of Samaria to lay hands on the saints. They had all been born again. They had all been baptized in water, but none of them had yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter and John went down there as a subsequent event, laid hands on the saints, and the saints were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so very clearly, the Roman Catholic Church, which, as I say, is the oldest denomination in existence, um, you, um, their practice of confirmation originated from that which transpired in Acts chapter 8. That was the, the foundation for this practice that they still practice today. Now, nothing takes place when they do the confirmation in that uh, denomination. But the point that I wanted to get across here as to where it originated. So what is the Roman Catholic Church has turned it into a fleshly ordinance over time. Obviously, there's no power there at all. But it all originated at that experience. The experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit subsequent to salvation. And so very, very clearly we see in Scripture that it is only those who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues that, he, that have in fact been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given to us as the guarantee of our inheritance. It is available to all saints, but not all saints partake of it. But nevertheless, it is available to all saints. And then one last point that we need to make here is that because we can only be sealed by God once, God does not seal us again and again and again. It points us to another truth, which is there is in fact only one baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are not multiple baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are more than one filling of the Holy Spirit, and we can get into that as we go into the series. But there is only one baptism. We are only sealed once by the Lord when He um, imparts to us the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And so that's an important truth that we need to understand in Scripture. Paul taught it, um, and as I say, even the Roman Catholic Church uh, who bring their roots, and, you know, their practices, you can go back and look how it all originated, has since become a, a man-made um, tradition, but it started out in the Spirit in the right way. And we're going to end the teaching on that point.